I'm, I'm getting a, really into the spiritual side of things, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say today. Yeah, I'm finding more and more people are really How can people get in touch with their spirit guide, their spirit animal? I haven't been able to do it yet, and a lot of people haven't. So, uh, number one, you just want to come into, make sure you're in a really good, just present space. So, if you're in a good, high-vibrating space, high-vibrating high space... Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour, guys. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I have an amazing guest for you guys today, Giulio Consiglio. How's it going, man? Awesome, Sean. Thanks for having me. Man, I can't wait to dive into your story. Um, I'm, I'm getting a, really into the spiritual side of things, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say today. Yeah, I'm finding more and more people are realizing that uh, they can become more empowered and you can embody something that will actually change your life, uh, help you become unstuck, mm -hmm. which a lot of people want. So... I'm uh, ready to be of service. Yeah. So I know your story, but could you give the audience a brief summary of where you came from and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So I uh, was a dental hygienist and educator for many years, and I was educated in the States. And right around the age of 19, uh, I began to become very sensitive to my energy and the energy around me. Mm. So I talked to my family doctor, and he's like, it sounds like anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to him pretty, pretty confidently, I have more more fearlessness in my pinky than all my friends combined. I don't know why I feel this way. Hmm. Nevertheless, I continued to work and, and in the field despite feeling these heavy, heavy feelings. Years went on and I had a marriage that fell apart, hmm. lost a brother to cancer, and then I had a health scare. Hmm. Now you would think that those were enough sort of adversities and heaviness to, to make a shift in consciousness. It was actually my experience with a night terror in the fall of 2005 that was the final catalyst. Hmm. And after waking up from that the following day, I didn't ask for another way. I demanded it. So I'd been staring at a book by Dr. Daniel Amen, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. Mm -hmm. And there's a sentence in there that goes somewhere along the line. When you allow negative thoughts to go unchallenged, I think it was page 60 or 66, I didn't get past... And, and that struck me. Nevertheless, I, I left it on the passenger side of, of my car. And on this particular day, I had a patient cancel. I was working in the dental office. And what I would usually do is jump in the car, drive a few blocks, and try to relax. On this particular day, November 7th, 2005, I'm sitting there. And as I began to reflect on that statement, mm -hmm. not a male nor female voice came up through my chest and said, challenge your thoughts. And in that instant, the space between my forehead began to vibrate intensely. I don't want to say violently, but it was getting my attention. And what it was doing now was automatically shutting down every automatic negative thought, every negative energy that had been attempted for 33 years to come into my consciousness. Hmm. Now, believe it or not, I still had one patient to get back to. I get back to the dental office, and this activated force is still going off. Finish the patient and I'm driving home and now it's raining really hard. I'm feeling sort of emotionally spent, I'm getting there uh, and I'm feeling I'm gonna be surrendering. I feel the surrender welling up in me. I jump on the couch when I get home and I said, just let me die. And I popped out. When I say I popped out, my consciousness left me. And at that point, at that time, I didn't know where or what happened. I knew I had left. 
when I came back, when my awareness came back, I had a complete understanding. Mm. Within a few weeks, I began to experience what they say or call automatic writing. And then about a week or two after that, I held my first talk on consciousness and enlightenment and third eye activation. Mm. And by Christmas, I had written my first book, Challenge Your Thoughts, about 200 pages over a seven day period. It wow. just came down as downloads. Since then, I went on to then write other books and just hold workshops and just show people how to, that there is a, a state of awareness. It's that dimension of inner stillness that's within all of us, mm -hmm. that when you become aware of that, the potential it has to have a positive, and I'm, that's an understatement, a positive and powerful impact. And there's no limits to it, limits to it because now, since October 2020, uh, I've now experienced over a thousand sightings and over 400 recordings of UAPs in my backyard. Jeez. So they showed up around lockdown time. Yeah. And it was sort of baptism by fire. And I'm very grateful that my two neighbors, Matt and James, are with me because some of these were close range, slow, silent black triangles. Mm. So that's where I'm at today. And what are these triangles? Are these entities? Are these aliens? What is that? That's an amazing question. So I've come to understand because when I first began to experience these things, I, I, I thought to myself, I got to find out what's going, really going on. So similar to my automatic writing, I began to ask within who, what, where, why. So in observing the triangle, for example, mm -hmm. when it appeared that first week, so that week of October 8, mm. we had been talking in the backyard. And suddenly I got the vibrational hit to move away from the guys about seven or eight feet. Hmm. I then got the vibrational hit to look straight up and it was a crisp, clear night. And I looked straight up and coming over the townhouse, black, silent, maybe 200 feet. The only thing I remember is locking on four gray pads. So I said, guys, come over here. Matt goes, Matt goes are those a flock of birds? I said, focus guys. We stood there for about eight, 10 seconds. Now, the thing about this is this technology, it's consciousness-based is what, how I describe it, has, is so advanced, it's had to demonstrate its ability in steps mm. so I get an understanding. So fast forward a few months, and, and this, is, this was really profound. We're in the backyard on our respective porches, and Matt notices lights dancing in a thin cloud in the northwest sky. Mm -hmm. A few minutes pass, we're in the middle of the backyard, and I'm facing the driveway. The triangle that we had seen initially came in on the right, about 300 feet overhead, but it seemed almost more energetic. I don't want to say holographic, but almost. Mm. And I said, triangle, it's back. They turned around, cruised about 300 feet over my neighbor's house behind us, and then vanished before our eyes. Mm. They're having a religious experience. I'm sort of just elated, because I, I feel this, this connectedness to this thing. Five minutes go by, we're in our respective spots again, and I'm again facing the driveway. Mm. This time, triangle returns, way more holographic. Mm. And I said, it's back. Matt screams, BS. I said, turn around. Now, if you imagine a triangle, cut it straight top to bottom, two mm -hmm. pieces. Yeah. Now let's go horizontal. Now we got four. This thing was coming together and moving apart, coming together and moving apart, and we watched it vanish. Same Whoa. trajectory. So... The, t the abilities and the potentials or it powering up and then going dim. And I'll, so many of these I have captured and I've posted on Instagram. Really? So the, the grateful thing is I have these, I have these recordings or these cloaked objects responding. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think those are spirits from another dimension kind of integrating with us? 
In a sense, yes. Yeah. So being consciousness-based and, and my deep understanding or knowing is that these are future and even parallel versions of us. Mm. So as human beings, we've been conditioned to operate between past and future. Nothing wrong with that. It's part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. They are operating in that quantum field of everything happening in the now moment. Right. And in the now moment, we are multidimensional beings. And in the now moment, there are versions of us that are in other dimensions. And my deep sense is the first thing that they've made clear is we're not your saviors. They said, what would be the purpose of us showing up on mass when the most of you human beings have not made that shift, have not gone within? Hmm. So they're waiting for more of humanity to come from unconditional love, come from that space of sort of understanding and acceptance to prepare because they're vibrating at such a high frequency for someone who has never seen something like that. I understand it could be quite jarring. Right. My first experience, it was slight shock, but elation. I mm. was like, I knew they existed. Did I ever think I'd be experiencing them or writing a book on them? No. Yeah, that's, in that's insane. Yeah. Why do you think modern society has gone away from spirituality? A lot of people can't even activate their third eye anymore. Back then it was more normal, right? Absolutely. We were more connected. So this I describe as a world of distraction. Mm. So technology, for example, wonderful thing. But when it takes over one, next thing you know, you, you've lost yourself in that. So mm. things like life, relationships, uh, you know, seeking to gain, all those things sort of become distractions mm. where if we come back to understanding who we are, when we understand the self, then we understand others then we can extend compassion to others. Mm. So it's, it's this world of relativity is designed like this. It's, an, it's important for me to say this. It's not like it's being done to us. We co-created all of this. Right. So we wanted to see what it's like to experience that separation from source and each other. Mm. But the good news is, is that we don't have to continue on that. If, if the heaviness of it, if that feeling of wanting to experience oneness is there, that desire, it can be experienced, number one, through a deep understanding and connectedness and awareness of the present moment, and then understanding and coming to that experience of experiencing that inner stillness. And that happens through quiet contemplation and just, just becoming still. Mm. Yeah, and that's gonna be very hard with all these distractions with social media, technology. Do you see humanity ever going back to that? Uh, we're, on, we're on the way, so there is an awakening going on, and mm. I've been writing about it for 15 years. So like in the individual consciousness it's the same in the collective things have to get really heavy and very dark because we don't tend to want to change unless there's some sort of threat in a mm. sense or we get very uncomfortable if we're comfortable and even comfortable in our pain why change right you know so i ha i had to call forth a lot of darkness and a lot of heaviness because i didn't realize i didn't even know that there's another state of awareness mm. inner stillness that never changes. That's your core beingness. Mm -hmm. So that's who, where, or who I operate from. And then past and future, or that egoic thinking mind, now is contrast to the stillness, not what I identify with. Mm. Do you believe everyone has the ability to activate their third eye? And do you think we're all, in a sense, spiritual in some way? Sure. Tell me. That's good. That's good. Yeah, okay. Good. Awesome. Uh, the first thing I'll say is we're all spiritual beings, essentially wearing meat suits. Mm. So, so we, we are eternal spiritual beings. The other thing I'll mention is, so we have the spirit or the soul 
and then we have the physical body. What mm -hmm. connects that is the subtle body. Mm. The subtle body is where all the chakras are. So for most people, the third eye is operating at some level. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, whenever you get that gut instinct, you know, don't turn down this dark alley or, you know, maybe you forgot something. It's always in play. But there is a state of awareness where you are in full alignment with that stillness. Mm. And now mind, body and soul are one. So now you're fully integrated or fully embodied. And now you're being guided. Things are happening to you and for you on a very conscious level. Right. And you receive insights, downloads. You can read the room. You could read a person. Hmm. Uh, with, for example, with the, e with the ETs, integrating that with my normal site, I, I would say my normal site has actually improved. Like hmm. this prescription hasn't changed in 25 years. But I see them in the dark. I see the movement. I see the darkness moving. And next thing you know, I'm saying to my neighbors, they're going to power up in the northwest sky or they're in the southern sky. Wow. And they, and they appear. So I've seen that happen, I'm going to say, in the last year and a half, an acceleration. So in 2015, my, when I wrote Open Your Third Eye, I, I, I wrote it because I saw a, an exponential acceleration of my psychic abilities. And this has just now took it to a, a whole other level with the, hmm. with the ETs. And are you all natural or have you dabbled with psychedelics, anything I, to enhance your abilities? I, I've never dabbled with anything. Really? Uh, yeah, my neighbors have. I've wow. never dabbled with anything. The funny thing is this. So as far back as I can remember, as a kid working in my dad's hardware store, seven, eight years old, my mind was already silent. Hmm. But I just wasn't aware of that silence. I thought everyone was operating from that. Hmm. So I never made much of it. At 19, when the darkness really came in, to me, it was almost like a megawatt speaker because it was such a contrast. Mm. So th that shift in consciousness was essentially a return to like being a kid in a sense, because now there's, you know, it took away the seriousness and you realize you're supported unconditionally. Wow. Yeah. And you mentioned you had night terrors. Was that sleep paralysis? In, in, in a sense. So um, I, can, I can share one example at 16, for example. So yeah. my brother used to be a correctional officer and mm -hmm. he'd work 12 hour shifts. God bless him, he passed away, but he would get up and, and make a little bit of noise and just sort of big brothers, things that big brothers do. Yeah. He left us one day, and I think this thing actually followed me uh, from high school because we hmm. would walk home someday. So I was pretty much awake, 6.30 in the morning, lights just coming out, and I look at the foot of my bed and I see a silhouette, and it's dark, and it's just sitting there. Hmm. Next thing you know, I get a telepathic hit, I'm coming to get you. Next thing you know, it's on top of me. Whoa. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. My sister's bedroom, Carol, was, was next to me, and I said, I'm trying to call her name, and I could barely get it out. It was hardly audible. I, I kept pushing, and about four at the fifth time, Carol, Carol. Finally, I let out a roar, and she came running in, and it just vanished. Never saw it again. Hmm. But since the shift in consciousness, I've observed, and I'm going to say observed, shadow people. But when you have a deep understanding what they are, it sends them packing because they are essentially attachment in essence. They are attachment. You'll see them sometimes around cemeteries and just sort of wandering, if you're aware. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so if you're aware and you have that fearlessness, yeah. you're, you're, you, they really can't make an attachment. That's very interesting. I experienced shadow people once. I had sleep paralysis one time yeah. and one of them was choking me. Interesting. Um, but that's the only time I've experienced. I know a lot of people fear them, but you're saying take the opposite approach. Exactly. Stand your ground because when you stand your ground, they need that fear to sort of attach. They eat off it. They eat off it. Yeah. And, and 
um, I remember mentioning this to one of, to one of my patients at the time. Uh, I lived in a haunted house for about five years really? in Burlington. And there were all sorts of things happening there. But this is after my shift in consciousness. So I have a deep understanding and I am fearless. Okay. So I'm half awake, half asleep. I was actually on the couch and I suddenly awoke to chattering of teeth. Mm. I turned around and walking toward me and the word that I used to describe it is frenetic. Mm. I believe I wrote it in, in Open Your Third Eye. Three, maybe five foot hooded figures coming toward me. Couldn't see a face. Whoa. I sat up and I'm like, really? Three in the morning, you want to do this? <laughs> Grab my pillow, lean forward, swung it. Went right through them, nothing. Okay, I get up, charge towards them. They vanish in my field. And that was the only time I saw them. Wow. But in that, in that townhouse, or in that semi, um, I experienced growling once, early in the morning. Again, mm. there was a lot of heaviness there. And I remember even my neighbor saying, he took his dog out for a walk one day in that cemetery across the street. He bent down to tie his lace mm. and something came over him and pressed its knee and he couldn't get up for 10 or 15 minutes. Wow. He started praying and after a while it let go and he was able to move on. Jeez. So these experiences can be fleeting if you approach it with, a, with an understanding and, and, and a fearlessness mm. that they need your reaction. And we've been conditioned as human beings to react to pretty much anything. But if you can approach it as just being centered, mm -hmm. they really don't stand a chance. Interesting. Yeah. And what causes houses, cemeteries, sites to be haunted? Is it leftover energy? Essentially. So we're mind, body, spirit. But there's also a part of us I call the shadow or egoic self. Mm -hmm. And that's what forms attachments. And that's what is fear in essence. Mm. Wherever a person passes, that's where that shadow entity is left behind, mm. whether we call it ego. So perfect example, about a year and a half ago, I was, I was just on the tail end of finishing writing Open Your Third Eye. Mm -hmm. And I found a town, uh, farmhouse to purchase. So this farmhouse is about an hour away. And because of the restrictions, she said, I'm going to unlock the, the door. I'm going to be in the back and, and, and take your time, mm -hmm. look at the house. So I walk in, felt neutral. I went left into the first family room, fine. I go into the first bedroom, and that was the master bedroom, and I'm hit with heaviness, fear, sadness, hate, almost every emotion, but it was like pea soup. I flicked the lights on, and it was still dark. Hmm. So I'm loving this farmhouse so much, I'm ignoring it. So I went to the other rooms, they felt neutral. I brought a receptacle tester, I was measuring rooms, I was checking electrical. Hmm. I get outside and I said, you know what? I'm being guided to go back into that room. I go back hmm. into that room and the initial feelings I felt were amplified, they were exponential. Not that there was a fear, but I said, I wouldn't wanna stay here for a night, let alone a few more minutes. Wow. So I called out to her and I noticed she never went near that room hmm. and I said, did someone die in this house? Did someone die in this room? Well, I went outside and she had a V-neck on and she was red. And she said, I'm actually selling the house for my best friend's parents. They both died there a few weeks ago, weeks apart. Wow. So I felt I could have done a clearing because I've done stuff like that with Sage and you know just casting things out. But I thought it was so raw, it was so heavy um, that I just decided, and there was an issue with the property line in the back. I just said, you know what, I'm just going to pass on this for now. Wow. Yeah. So you're able to go into any room and just feel the energy. Yeah. So if there, if there's something in there, I, I will pick up on it because I operate through that baseline stillness. So mm. that's my neutrality. So anything that's untowards, anything different. Wow. It's just, it's like looking at a book and just seeing if there's one letter, I'm going to see it. 
it can't hide. And do you think that that bad energy can affect normal people that aren't as in tune with their spirit? Absolutely, absolutely. So someone who's not in tune with that, they're going to either be impacted by that um, because they tend to want to form attachments. So mm. the, our light, right, our vital energy, and that's what the ego operates from. You know, a lot of people, when they're emotionally spent, they say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, because the ego is feeding off our vital energy. When you're centered in the present moment and you're operating through awareness and you're observing thought mm -hmm. instead of identifying with it and automatic reacting to it, now the ego doesn't have your vital energy. Mm. So now the ego begin, now you begin to create space because the ego needs that reaction. That's exactly how it feeds off us. Wow. So you're basically saying not to feed the ego. Exactly. So if you're starving the ego, right, or operating moment by moment, and I should mention this, because when we're starving the ego, we're essentially experiencing an ego death. Mm -hmm. So mastery is dying moment by moment, mm. moment by moment. And as you let moments die, you're resurrected in that sense. You're reawakened, reborn, and renewed in mind. Wow, it's fascinating. Now, I used to have a lot of nightmares as a kid. I know a lot of people have nightmares. What exactly causes those? So nightmares, from one point of view, are communication. From another point of view, when, when they're really scary and they sort of really don't make sense, it's just the ego at nighttime playing with our emotions mm. and playing with us. Oftentimes, though, we will get messages from loved ones and there's some sort of nugget in there hmm. or something that even appears sort of scary but maybe gave you a heads up. Yeah. But the ones that sort of make no sense, that's just the ego playing with us at nighttime as well. Wow. Yeah. So we experience the dreaming state during the day, you know, but we also experience it at night. Now, now here's the kicker. Now, when we have a nightmare, we wake up and we say, thank God that wasn't real. Exactly. So that's what's going on in the daytime with most people. They're experiencing all these fears, worries in the future, mm. or looking back to the past, and we don't realize you know, we're making it real or not. Hmm. So that state of awareness where you're really aware of the thinking mind, you decide what's real. You decide what you give belief to. There's your freedom. That's personal liberation. Interesting. You mentioned dreams could have meanings. What are some things to look out for while you're dreaming? For messages oh so for messages so anything for example let's say you're planning a trip the next day and you just sort of get a hint or, or a hit you know maybe you should take this way mm. tomorrow or maybe that or you're gonna meet someone and you start this is the thing we're so powerful we're so powerful that unless we're fully aware of it the moment you put your attention on someone you're getting downloads of information yeah and oftentimes we just sort of you know brush it aside but if we become more just aware that all these gifts, they're like operating. Mm. Like our psychic abilities, they actually have a consciousness of their own. And us, just like source energy, we want, so we're expressing ourselves through source. Yeah. Our psychic abilities are, is just one aspect of us. They want to express themselves through us as well. Mm. Yeah, crazy story. So my girlfriend and I, both our fathers passed away last year. And Sorry. she had a dream. We were going to fly back and her dad told her not to go on the trip. So when she told me that, I was like really scared. And then I'm at the airport and I hear in my, I think right ear, my dad say, don't go. And we get on the plane, the whole, the whole uh, stabilizer's not working. The plane never took off. And that's never happened to me before where like a whole flight gets completely canceled. So that can't be a coincidence, you know? 
that absolutely is not. So that was an experience. That was an experience of clear audience. So, mm -hmm. so you heard that. And uh, I can't help but feel like guides had their way in there and like, you're not taking off. It, yeah. it, it's not time. So we, we need to sort of heed those. As human beings, we're conditioned to like question ourselves. The thinking mind, no problem. We'll, we'll take its dictates. Mm -hmm. But our intuition, um, you, know, you know, for a lot of people, they don't sort of really realize that that's always operating and it's offering us sort of a more smoother path to get through life. Yeah. 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 And similar story, like my cousin in Iraq, his father passed away and he said he heard in his ear, uh, jump, right? Just jump. He was walking with his friend and his friend walked on a landmine, but he jumped. So he survived, but his friend passed away. So it's crazy how that can tie in with each other. That is, to, to me, that is absolutely astounding. Yeah. That is absolutely astounding. That saved his life. Saved his life. That's, I, I, that almost leaves me speechless because though, those interactions between whether it's a higher self or a spirit guide, they're always, you know, it's not like they're, there's no distance in that quantum field. We tend to think that source, or if you want to use the word God, mm -hmm. is outside of us. It's all there is. Yeah. Everything manifested, seen and unseen. So that information, I describe it as ener energy information, is always available, mm. always available to us. Yeah, but it seems like you can't tap into it unless it's a dire situation for most people. Uh, oftentimes, oftentimes, but you can get to a state where it's in play virtually moment by moment. Because mm. when you're operating moment by moment, mm -hmm. there's clarity. And in that clarity, life speaks. Right. Like everything speaks to you. And it, it could be a fortune cookie. It could be the next billboard you see. That's when you're, you know, I've been in a restaurant once and I was the only one in there mm -hmm. um, paying attention to the song. And I had never, I don't think I'd ever heard it. And one of the lines went along the line, anything that you want or anything that you desire, you will have. It went along like that. And I was mm -hmm. like, is anyone else listening to this? Like, I, I, I found that it was just sort of another way of the universe sort of con confirming, you know, put your attention, allow, let go of, you know, surrender. Because right. we tend to always want to strive to achieve things, but it's more like a state of vibrational being, letting go of the resistance. And then you sort of get through the roadblocks and allow things to manifest mm. a lot quicker. Wow. And you mentioned spirit guide earlier. How can people get in touch with their spirit guide, their spirit animal? I haven't been able to do it yet, and a lot of people haven't. So uh, number one, you just want to come into, make sure you're in a really good, just present space. So if you're in a good, high vibrating space, high, high vibrating space, you just want to go within and just say, can you reveal yourself to me? Mm. Just say, can, can you show yourself to me? And be on the lookout because it could be a, a very subtle sign. It could be a whisper. It tends to always operate and come through stillness. So mm -hmm. it'll often be a very soft and, and uplifting message. People will ask me, well, what's the difference? How do we know if it's ego or if it's like a spirit guide? Mm. Well, the ego will come in with fear, doubt, uncertainty. And the experience with a spirit guide will be high vibrating. They're, they're vibrating at a very high level, but it's gentle. It, mm -hmm. It's not, not that I haven't experienced more you know, warnings in a more sort of watch out, there's something ahead of you, mm. but there's never fear. It's, it's alertness, it's discernment. Wow. Yeah. And are you, to get in that high vibrational state, are you meditating? So you, you make every moment a meditation. So if you wanna get in that state, yes, you're meditating in the sense that the word meditation is really just focus. Mm. So you're focused on the present, you're focused on what you're doing. 
people, people will say to me, you know, it's too hard to meditate. And I say, do you like reading? And they're like, yeah. Uh, do you like listening to music? Yeah. Well, you're focused in that moment, right? Mm. Yeah. You're meditating. It's just another form of meditation. Now, if you want to shift towards mastery or knowing who you are beyond the thinking mind, just focus on the space between your thoughts or focus even on a plant mm -hmm. and you'll start to see the stillness of it, recognize it. And then that could be reflected back or even the space around us, the nothingness, mm -hmm. that's that state of mind, the nothingness. So the minute you start looking at something and this is how powerful we are, your awareness is what gives life to whatever it is you want, whether it's directly experiencing that soul and that mm. stillness, awareness is everything. Right. Yeah. Now, a lot of people have fears, uh, trauma. Do you think that's attributed to past life trauma or do you think that's current life? Where do you think that stems from? I think it, there's a possibility that because everything is happening now that we, if you're not aware, you could be tuning into a past life. But for the most part, it's the challenges and the traumas we've experienced in this life. And, you know, before my shift in consciousness, I didn't see the perfection in my suffering. Mm. Because, you know, going to work every day in a dental office, there's a lot of anxiety. So mm. I wasn't anxious. I was picking up like a sponge all the anxiety around me. Right. So being so heavy, imagine just having to endure that. I remember just the heat in mm. my brow, in my forehead, because that, that fear wanted to get through. And by the time I was 33, I was tired. You wow. know, I needed to surrender. And I never let it in. And it got to a point where, okay, I just got to surrender and let the big guy take over because it was too much. So th the traumas that we go through, or let's say the failed marriage or, you know, any sort of suffering, the purpose in that ultimately, there's a soul purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's to have us shift into that dimension of inner stillness where suffering is non-real. It doesn't exist. That's crazy that you said that because I always saw the tops, um, there's like a list of suicides by prevention and dentists is always top five. Yeah. I never understood why, but the way you described it about absorbing all this energy makes a lot of sense to me now. Absolutely. So there is so much fear and anxiety with a lot of people when they come in to get treatment done and understandable. Yeah. But if, if you, you know, and there were often times too, before I'd made the shift, I'd just be in that zone of stillness for several hours mm -hmm. and not really fully aware of it. Yeah. And when you're in that zone, People around you could be terrified. You're not going to experience it. Mm. You're going to hear it. You're going to, you're going to feel, you know, but it really doesn't come in you. You're anchored. So now you're impacting your environment. The environment's not impacting you. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And a lot of people suffer from anxiety and depression. So what, what, what do you think you did differently to sort of get rid of that? So, so oh, I love this question because I suffered for years with mm. the anxiety and I'm talking heavy anxiety. The thing about it is, I never let it stop me from doing it, but it made my life very uncomfortable. Mm. And the depression that comes with it, being told, for example, I tried the conventional route. And I remember specialists saying, and you're going to love this, you're going to be sitting up in your coffin having panic attacks. Mm. That, so what did he offer me? He offered me actually hopelessness. Right. So I was 24, and I remember, it must have been a temporary sort of experience with the soul, and I remember just saying, come hell or high water, one way or another, I'm going to find out a way. Mm. So, So... The thing about anxiety is, is the people that experience it, they're actually more sensitive than the average person. So when they, we experience anxiety, it's always a projection in the future. Mm. So worry, uncertainty, and anxiety is a future thing. And where does it come from? The past. So the past and future are always happening now. Whoa. So 
we've been conditioned to think that the past is a reality and the future. But if you reflect on it briefly, when did the past arrive? Always mm. in the present. We experience it as a mind construct now, if we think about something, or the ego plants a thought about the past. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's, yeah. it's contrast. It's needed in this, in this world of relativity. But then the anxiety is when it then projects in the future. And next thing you know, we're living in the future. And when you continuously operate in that, it then eventually becomes dread. And mm. I've experienced that. So our salvation, and I need to really take away the heaviness of that word. It means protection from harm. Dread. Freedom from harm. So salvation is freedom from anxiety, freedom from dread, freedom from the, the depression. And mm. how do we begin to, I'm going to say, transmute that is realizing the present moment is all there ever is. That's mm. our rock. So that's our foundation. That's where all our strength is. And that's where we can align with our highest self. Because when you're embodying inner stillness, what it has demonstrated to me time and time again, there's no darkness that it can't consume because hmm. it's unconditional love. Fear needs fear. Fear needs our, our vital energy and our reaction to perpetuate itself. Right. So, you know, for those suffering from anxiety, know this, that if you've had your fill, begin becoming quite aware of the present moment because the present moment is all there ever is. Yeah. Now they're saying, okay, what about the thoughts? Well, I'm going to hit that with a two-prong. Number one, Create some space and begin to observe thoughts. Don't automatically identify with them. Mm. Now you're beginning to eventually, you'll begin to quiet the mind. The other thing you can do, and I love this one the most because that's what actually came to me in my moment of awakening is challenge your automatic negative thoughts. When I say mm. challenge, let's say you get the vibe or, or the feeling, you know, I'm stuck. I, I just feel stuck. Well, if, you've, if you feel that, what you do then is then challenge it with a positive thought. I'm already, and it's the I am, because I'm not saying I will be. It's I am now. Mm. I am already moving forward in life. That's a nice general statement. And you doing that is what begins to align you now with the third eye. Because mm -hmm. the third eye is that force that shut down thought for me. It shut it down. So the minute you start challenging negative thoughts, you're now aligning with the third eye, and you're moving that much closer to a potential third eye activation because when that cracks open you won't have to do it it'll be doing it for you wow i love that i used to have so many negative thoughts i've been getting better yeah but i grew up in a very pessimistic household yeah so it kind of rubbed off on me yeah so yeah now whenever i get them i try to just immediately fight it exactly so w w as they arise you almost want to get to a point where if i'm giving them no belief and i see the ridiculousness of the thought you know, I laugh. Hmm. I will literally laugh. <laughs> and now it's at the point where there's virtue. I've robbed the ego of so much power that it, 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 we can get to a point, and, and, and I'm saying this really to inspire others, is we can get to a point where the automatic thought doesn't have a chance, number one, to become an emotion. Hmm. And number two, if it does, you can stop it, twist it, turn it, and drop it, like in an instant. Or, for example, uh, let's say someone hurt your feelings. You're not wasting time a month or two weeks being angry at someone. You know, you're, you're activating forgiveness here and now because you realize that that's just trying to pull you back. So the more you ascend in consciousness, the more you, you see the futility in, for example, remaining angry. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I don't want to use the word judge. It's not us judging. It's the ego hijacking our consciousness. And the ego is what judges. The right. ego is what compartmentalizes everything. So a lot of people will think they have different problems and different aspects of their lives. When the truth is we have one problem, 
ego. Mm. And even that is not a problem. It is the catalyst. It's that light bringer. You know they talk about the light bringer yeah. in the Bible? That's the ego. The mm. ego is the light bringer because it creates the suffering so that we can make that shift into consciousness into the light of stillness. Mm. Now, having only positive thoughts, it sounds amazing on paper, but do you believe the universe requires a balance, an evil for every good, or do you think the world could be just all positive? This is a world of relativity, and that's a great question. So the, the thing is this, as human beings, we've been bombarded with just negativity. So now is the time to bring balance with the positive thoughts. So, you know, even the Buddha experienced Mara or, or, or the negative false self after his shift. So here's the difference. At the moment of awakening, the ego is cast out. So let, if we look at the atom, right? So the atom, you have the proton, neutron, electron. Mm -hmm. The electron, that negative charge, ego, let's say. The neutron, stillness. And then the proton, the positive self, your conscious mind. So at the moment of awakening, it's cast out, and now you're in that awakened state, and it's just orbiting your consciousness. Mm. And now it's contrast, and now it's a reminder, actually, when you experience an automatic negative thought, to come back to the moment, because that's where your safety is. Mm -hmm. That's where your strength is, or that word salvation. Mm. Again, it's important to take away that, that religious tone to it and realize all it is is that safety of being in the present, because that's where your strength is. Right. Man, I've learned so much. I can't wait to build a relationship with you. Yeah. It's been truly enlightening. Do you have anything you want to close off with? No, I, I just want to thank you so much for, for the opportunity. And it was just great. Uh, it was great meeting you. Yeah. No, I can't wait to inspire people on this topic because this isn't really mainstream yet. It, it, it isn't. And like I've been chipping away at it, you know, for, for 17 years now. Mm -hmm. And even, uh, you know, when I first came out, you know, some people just really sort of were really negative about it. Oh, yeah. And even with the UAPs, um, you know, there's no way they're showing up every night and showing up four or five times. I, you know, I, I know how to use a laptop in terms of writing my books and stuff. Yeah. I don't have time nor, nor the energy to, to, to sort of pretend anything. They speak for themselves. You have these objects responding to me. You have these objects coming in, low craft, you know, that are coming in. Mm. So, you know, it, for those who are ready, um, you know, look up, start looking up because they're here. Absolutely. Well, that's it for you guys. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time.